Before you redesign your website, there are some key things that are helpful to do to make the most of that process. Whether you are DIYing your redesign or you're working with a web designer, consider these things before your web design process begins. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast this week. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in and listening to these tips. I am really excited to talk about this topic of some helpful things that you can do before you redesign your website, because something that we are always looking for at Grace and Vine is feedback on our process and feedback on the experience that our clients have. And so over the years, through conversations like that and just through conversations with people in the industry, we have learned different things that you can do to make the redesign process more effective and easier on you as well. And so today we're going to be talking about a few of those things, but before we dive in, let me quickly just welcome you to the podcast. My name is Madison Wetherill, if we haven't officially met, and I am the CEO and founder over here at Grace and Vine Studios. We specialize in building custom brands and websites for food bloggers who are looking to take their blog and their business to the next level and looking to increase their impact that they are making through their food blog. Now, if you're ever curious about how we work with clients or what this redesign process might look like, you can head over to our newly designed website at graceandvinestudios.com and check out the services tab to see the different ways that we work with clients and how you can get started if you are interested in learning more. On that note, we are officially booking for our Q2 spots for our custom web design package. So if redesigning your website is something that you have on your mind, maybe you're listening to this episode to see what types of things you should do before you reach out, please take a moment to just look over the web design package and see if it's a good fit for what you are looking for and reach out if it is, even if you're not looking to do that in quarter two, but you want to get on the schedule for later in the year, we are totally fine with planning ahead like that. And we would love to chat with you to see if it would be a good fit and to get you on the schedule. For our last little introductory piece of the episode, I am always trying to share a little bit of a behind the scenes note or a personal note, just so that you can understand a little bit better who is behind the microphone. And, you know, this is something that I think is so important to do on our own food blogs. And it's something that I am trying to practice in my business as well, because the reality is that there are, you know, real human beings behind the food blogs that we are running behind this podcast and behind Grace and Vine Studios. And so I love to just share a little bit of a peek into our lives and what we have going on right now. So this past week, my husband and I went over to our Airbnb property. So before Last year, we had lived in a home that has been in my family for over 60 years. There's been five generations of my family that have lived in that home in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we made the decision to turn that house into an Airbnb because we needed to move into a bigger home for our almost family of five. And so we 
over the course of last year worked on that process, but we kind of were going with, you know, the most viable product, if you will, of getting the house up and running as quickly as we could. And so one of the things we did not do was really focus on getting the backyard ready for the Arizona winters and springs that everybody loves to experience. We just left the backyard as a kind of a blank canvas because when we opened it, it was August. No one was going to want to hang out outside anyway. And so this past week, we were able to finally go over and work on the backyard space for the property. And so we just set up a little dining set. We got a grill. We set up a little fire pit with some tables and chairs around it. And it was just really fun, first of all, to be able to have that time, just me, my husband, and the baby was there too. And just to be able to work on the property together, it's been something that has been really fun to work on together. And I can just imagine our guests being able to enjoy that time outside. If I'm being totally honest, I would love to just go hang out outside there a few times a month just because it is so beautiful and we're just loving the Arizona weather right now. So that's a little behind the scenes of something that we have been up to and something that we're just really proud of to be able to have that home, be able to serve our friends and our guests. So if you're ever coming to the Arizona area and you need a place to stay, definitely reach out and I would love to host you in our home. Okay, so like I mentioned in the introduction to this episode, this idea of things that you can do to make the redesign process easier is an episode idea that I've had on my mind for a while. And really the intention behind this episode is to give you things that even if you are not in the space financially or if you're not even in the like mental space to be able to do a redesign in the near future, these are things that you can do that will help you in the future whenever it is time to redesign. And when I say redesign your website, I am not necessarily talking about only if you work with us, although we would love to work with you and these things will certainly help you in the process. But even if you are just revamping your website on your own or you are going to invest in a new theme Or to be honest, even if you're not working on a redesign itself, these are all things that are super helpful to do just to give you the best playing field when it comes to a redesign and give you the best opportunity to make the most out of that experience. So the very first thing that I recommend doing, regardless of when this redesign process is going to take place, is to set your goals. Now, last week we talked about smart goal setting for food bloggers and what that means. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back because that episode really will help just to shape the way that you view goal setting for your food blog. But when it comes to a creative project like this, like a website redesign, before you jump into any of the creative work that you're going to do, it is really important to set your intentions for that project. In order to have a successful redesign, you have to have goals set in place for what you are looking to achieve. The goals that you have for your business are going to determine the direction that you should go with a website redesign. And knowing the future state of your business is really important before you begin. With our clients, this is a part of our branding questionnaire that each client goes through, and we are trying to help them to figure out what the goals are for their business blog in the next year to the next five years. And we really want to understand that direction for our clients before we ever even think about creative direction or strategy or anything like that, because knowing those goals is going to really help us to understand what types of features or functionality the website is going to need to support the business long-term. This is a really important process for our clients to go through just for them to even start thinking about this because I think so often we get so in the weeds with what we're doing day to day that we don't stop to think about what we want for our blog in the next year or the next five years. And if I'm honest, a lot of the times these goals are just specific to traffic amounts. We'll have clients who say they want to hit a certain traffic 
number, but I want you to think beyond just traffic. Knowing that you want to increase your traffic is important and you need to be strategic about that, which I talked a lot about in last week's episode. But when I'm talking about goal setting here, what I want you to think about is more long-term goals and outside of the realm of just increasing your traffic and increasing your income, because both of those things can and should happen with a redesign anyway. But what we are thinking about here is, do you want to write a cookbook? Do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to bring on contributors to your blog? Things like that are going to shape the direction of some of the features that you might have on your website. So you want to think of those bigger goals that are almost goals for your business as a whole, not for your blog, thinking of it like a blog in kind of a box. I hope that that helps explain kind of what types of goal setting we're looking to do here. And your goal setting doesn't have to necessarily be that you're going to do this by a certain time. That's important for goal setting when you are doing that for your business as a whole, but for the purposes of thinking of your goals for a redesign, you want to think about those longer term projects that you might want to do through your business and what types of features or functionality you might need on a website in order to support those goals. The second major thing that you want to do before a redesign is to do a content audit. Auditing your content is a hugely important part of the preparation for a redesign because it is going to help you to understand not only the content that you already have, but it will help you to understand the content you need to create or you might need to clean up and get rid of. Doing regular content audits is so important and we're going to be talking about how to do this in an episode coming up soon. Before you do a redesign, you want to look at your content through a new lens. I like to think of this like a cookbook, and I heard this analogy years ago at a food blogging conference, but if your website was a physical cookbook, what would the different chapters be? And if you looked deeply into each of those chapters, what type of content might you be missing in each of those chapters? And that's one way that you can start to think about your content in a different way and through a new lens. This is going to really help you to find what buckets of content are missing that you might want to work on before you do a redesign. Often during the process of our strategy call and preparing for the project together, our clients will start to have lots of ideas or I will share lots of ideas with them of resource-based content that they could create or even certain recipes that they might need to create to fill gaps within their content. And often this is happening because their original way that their website is set up is very static and it might even be just their latest posts in a feed. There's not a whole lot of organization to the categories and the way that things are displayed. And as you work through the process of a redesign, you kind of have those, it's almost like the leash is taken off and you can figure out so many different ways to display your content. And once you have that ability, you might realize like, oh, it has been six months since I have created a new resource-based blog post or Maybe you have shared cooking tips in the past and you stopped doing that. And now, you know, you want to have things that are fresh and updated for your new website. So in the process of just discovering what you're going to have in your new website, you might find that there's a bunch of content gaps that you want to fill in and create. So doing that content audit before you redesign your website is really important so that you just have a really clear direction of where you want to go with your content over the next six months to a year after your redesign. And you can start to fill in those gaps even before that process begins. The next way to prepare for a redesign is by doing a category audit. Now, this is really similar to a content audit in that you're going to review what you have to see what you might need to add, get rid of, or to even fill out more. So think again about your blog as a cookbook. 
If your blog was a cookbook, then the chapters in that cookbook would be like your categories that you have on your website. With almost every single redesign that we do, our clients will inevitably realize that they need to create some new categories in order to showcase things in a different way now that their website has the capability to do so. So this might be that they finally add in some diet categories like gluten-free or dairy-free, or maybe they decide to break down their entrees by protein type. So you want to start with just reviewing the categories that you have through the lens of that content audit now that you understand where your content direction is going to be going and where you might be adding different types of content in the near future. This is really the best way to ensure that you have the categories that you need and you're not just creating categories for the sake of creating them because you think you might someday create more of that type of recipe. With the content audit in mind, you're able to really create the categories that are essential for your website instead of just creating them because they sound good or whatever other reason you might have. So a few things to remember when it comes to a category audit and in doing this episode, I probably I realized that I probably need to do an entire episode on a category audit, but for now, a few things to remember. You want to fill out categories as much as possible. So this means that you don't want to have categories with just one to five blog posts unless those posts fit nowhere else and you know you're going to be creating more content to fill in that category in the near future. You might consider creating very specific categories like chicken dinners instead of having both chicken and dinners if your website has a lot of posts in those top level categories. One way to look at this is when you look through your posts on your WordPress dashboard, if you see that a bunch of your posts are being categorized into multiple categories every single time, then it might be wise to think about more specific and intentional categories that you could have like the chicken dinners example. So if you have posts that are always getting tagged with dinners and with chicken, why not create a category for chicken dinners that somebody would be able to browse that category instead of having to go into two separate places to see the different types of posts you have in those categories. And then lastly, don't create nested categories just for the sake of doing it. So what I mean by nested categories is something where there's a parent category of diet, for example, and then under diet, you're going to have child categories or children categories of, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, keto, whatever it is. That diet parent category is never going to be browsed because it's not specific. It's just going to be any post that is in any diet. And so it's not going to be very helpful to have. So In that example, you would just want to completely get rid of that diet parent category and only have the children categories as they make sense. So what I want you to really do is just think about the these categories and what makes the most sense for your brand and for your website navigation. This is a process that we help our clients go through throughout our you know working together process. But if you're doing it on your own, you just want to make sure you're thinking ahead before you go and create a bunch of categories just to create them. The next thing that you can do to prepare for a redesign is to create content. So through the lens of the content audit and the category audit, you likely now have gaps in your blog post that you want to fill in. This process of creating content specific with your website redesign in mind is something that our clients always do while we are working on their website. So there's periods of the web design process where there's a little bit more downtime for the client because we are working a little bit more on the back end of things and there's not as much that we need feedback for in those you know phases of the project. So during that time, that's a really great time for our clients to focus on creating new content to fill in those gaps and also to create enough content for a redesign to make sense. 
I'll give you an example from my food blog because I talked about in my blog growth plan how I am planning on redesigning this blog in this this coming year, probably later in the summer. And something I know that I want to feature is a section with different cooking tips. So one of the things that we're doing in our content plan now is working on posts that are going to fit in that section because I know that that's going to be a part of the new homepage and the new redesign. So if you have sections of content that need to be filled in or just need to be refreshed and updated, that is a great time to work on that during the redesign process. Now, if you're DIYing this process, it's probably not going to be a very good idea to do both the creating content for the redesign and the redesign at the same time. So maybe you want to spend, you know, quarter two working on creating that content that you need to have created. And then quarter three, you're going to do your redesign on your own. I just mentioned how this works with our clients because there are natural periods of time where doing some of this backend work is really possible and you're already sort of all in and focused on your website during that time while you're working with us anyway. Now, the last thing I'm going to mention that is helpful to do before a redesign, I am intentionally leaving this one for last, and that is to research features and functions on other blogs and websites. Now, I intentionally put this as the last thing to do because so often people start by browsing other people's websites for inspiration before even having a good understanding of what they need for their own website and brand. And that can really lead you to wanting features and functions that don't make sense for your brand, but look cool on somebody else's website. A perfect example of this is a couple years ago, there was this huge trend of everybody wanting to add in those recipe key icons to the top of their recipe posts to show the different dietary you know, information for that recipe. And that is a really handy tool if it makes sense for your brand. But a lot of the brands that I saw doing this were food blogs that did not necessarily have specific diets in mind. They were kind of more general food blogs or maybe they were a dessert blog or something like that. And it just didn't make sense to have that recipe key on their website, but they were doing it because everybody else was doing it. So I intentionally leave this for last because... It's important to know your own website and brand before you start to take ideas from somebody else. You might look at some of the biggest food bloggers in the industry and you might want to use some of the features that they have, but those features may not be applicable to your brand and to your website. So I want you to first have ideas of what your website needs to help your audience before you get inspiration elsewhere. Now, something else that you might consider is looking outside of food blogs specifically. There are tons of food magazines and just websites that are in the food industry that might not be blogs. Maybe it's a website that has a blog, but it's not primarily a food blog. Those are great places to look for inspiration because it's going to be in a similar niche, almost like a lane over from what food bloggers are doing. It might give you some fresh ideas so that you're not just doing what everybody else is seeming to do. Think about what the top sites might be in your niche. Again, not just like a food blog, but think of some of the top websites in the food industry. So you might look at Bon Appetit or The Kitchen, sites that are constantly coming up, maybe ahead of you in search results. Those are the websites that you can look at for inspiration to see how they're breaking down content. Now, something to remember about this is that these websites tend to have way, way, way more content than most food blogs are going to have. And that leads itself to a doing their website navigation in a different way than food bloggers might. So just because a site like All Recipes has an insane, intense way of categorizing posts doesn't mean that you need to have that if it doesn't make sense for the content that you have. 
which again is why we start with a content audit and a category audit for you specifically before we go and look for inspiration. You can also look at sites that are more of an e-commerce website. Look at Amazon, for example, and see how they capture you and keep you wanting to scroll through and look at products. That's a feature that we want to kind of take that idea and apply it to our food blogs. We want to create food blogs that help people to get lost in our recipes. So again, looking at outside sources for inspiration, go to Barnes and Noble and browse through magazines and see what types of design elements they use or how they organize their table of contents. These are all things that can get your brain going with different ideas for inspiration that are not just going to be looking at, you know, the top food blogs and trying to do exactly what they do because what works for the top food bloggers may not work for you. That is clearly a <laughs> sensitive topic for me as I got can get very fired up about talking about not just looking at, you know, the food bloggers who are at the top and trying to copy what they're doing. So I hope that this episode is helpful and gives you some ideas of things that you can be doing before you do a redesign. Again, I mentioned at the beginning, these are things that you could do right now, even if a redesign is not happening for you for a couple of years. They are honestly parts of reviewing your food blog. They're things that could be easily tied into a CEO day that you have or a quarterly review that you do, but they certainly will help you if you are doing a redesign in the near future. There are things that we help our clients walk through. And if you are planning on redesigning with us in the future, I would absolutely love to see you do a few of these things before reaching out. But like I said, we do help our clients go through these different things. So don't let this stop you from reaching out if you are ready. But if you are not ready for a redesign and you want to do some work that will help make the redesign process easier for you in the long run, then these are great things for you to implement and to schedule into the time that you're working on the back end of your business. As always, I would love to hear what you guys think about this episode. Screenshot it and share it with a friend on Instagram. Tag me in it. Whatever way that you want to get the word out about this podcast, it always means so much to me to see it growing and just to see it being helpful for you guys. So connect with me over on Instagram at Grace and Vine if you liked this episode and you want to share it with a friend. And until next week, friends, talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.